This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And I'm on the show today with an amazing guy called James Dentley. Let me tell you a little bit about James. James is an entrepreneur. He's a best-selling author of a book called The Five Frequencies of High Performance. He's a philanthropist. He is one of the nation's top life and business strategists. He's also a seven-figure business owner in the network marketing industry, which we'll talk about in the show as well. He's also got a streaming TV network company, a radio talk show, is a podcaster, and also a, a great program, which is all based around called Inspire to Speak. So James, just welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here, Adam. Let's go at it. Uh, I like that. See, I love that enthusiasm, man. See, uh, I love that. You know, bringing energy and enthusiasm. And that's why we'd like to bring great guests like you on the show, you see, James. Happy to be here. All right, man. So listen, I know that you've been in, I suppose, in the world of personal development for mm -hmm. quite some number of years. You've had a lot of success in the network marketing in industry and that kind of stuff. But how did you transition to where you were to where you are right now in the world of, you know, I suppose, public speaking and, and helping yeah. others? Because you're, you, you really, I suppose, set yourself apart where, I suppose, where we are alike, where you'd love to really help people. Yeah, you know, um, Adam, I have a phrase that you live life forward, you understand life backwards. Mm -hmm. So when I look at the, the breadcrumbs of my life, you know, it's so interesting because I have an honorary doctorate degree, but I was a D average student in, in school, in high school. I never went to college. You know, my wife is a double scientist and a physicist, but I knew how to marry well. Wow. <laughs> before, before Google, I had my wife and spell check and she was that. But I'll tell you, you know, I was always an aggressive uh, growing up as a kid, being the only boy with three sisters. My mother worked at a grocery store and she worked really hard. She worked at a dentist's office at night, grocery store in the daytime. And I always went out and find ways to create more money so I can give more to my family, to help my family. I was always that guy. So I kind of grew up that way. I was in the restaurant industry and uh, I, I realized I had a gift that I didn't understand that I can retain information if I chose to. And... I can duplicate myself. I, I, got, I was the youngest general manager in a, in a fast food restaurant chain, chicken, chicken chain. And I got 14 of my high school uh, um, friends into, the, into jobs and they became managers as well. Wow. And I've been able to duplicate that over and over and over. But I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I didn't want to work for someone for the rest of my life. So frustration can move you forward. Mm. And now I learn I don't get frustrated. I get fascinated. I give everything new meaning. But dissatisfaction is a great power, a great position to be in because it can prepare you because you can make the decision to do something about it. Right. So when I got network marketing quite by accident, I uh, didn't want to have anything to do with it. I had owned several businesses uh, in the past and I had real estate, nightclubs, restaurants, and they always owned me. I never had any time whatsoever. It was always more capital, more capital. My family life was falling apart because I'm always there. And I really couldn't find my way. So 
Well, somebody tricked me to get in the uh, network marketing industry, and I'll, I'll leave it here. I met a gentleman named Michael Coopers, who was my first real mentor. I was 32. He was 27. He was one of the owners of the company. Mm-hmm. He selected myself and 15 other people to mentor. He told us that um, we need to show up every week. If we miss one week, we could not come back. I didn't understand it at the moment, but the fear of loss got me there and kept me there. Mm-hmm. The first thing he said to us, Adam, I remember we were sitting in a half moon circle. He's in front. He said, you all will be the top money earners in this industry, in this company. That was back in 1994. Okay. Right. So he knew how to speak things into our own existence. First time I've ever understood that I've seen it. <clears throat> he said, but first, before I would teach you how to make money, I would teach you who you have to become. Because your success can take you someplace, your character will not keep you. So he taught us a way of living, a, a transformation in our thinking, and some things that we'd have to adhere to and accept if we wanted to become great and we wanted to become big. Now, we didn't know what that meant, but no one had ever talked to us like that before at that time. And, uh, you know, by January 1995, I had retired from my full-time job, and I've been very blessed in that industry. And from there, speaking and training and being in front of 10,000, 20,000 people all over the world, they taught us to go on a journey of personal development, to read books, to travel, to, do, to study with the greatest that are out there, and to expand our mindset. And because I had the ability to retain information, it kind of set me apart. And that's what really got me into public speaking. I trained over a million people, and 80 of them became millionaires. So I said, well, it'd be a pretty good gig. Absolutely. That sounds <laughs> I love your laugh. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you were also very good friends with Les Brown, which we'll talk yeah. about as well. And he kind of reminds your laugh reminds me of his as well, because his uh, enthusiasm is very contagious, is similar to yours, and, and it, you know, very very humbling and stuff like that. Uh, that's a great story. I, I love that. And I suppose in that, what did you really discover for yourself? you know, when you were sitting around in that half moon circle and you kind of decided that you were going to, I mean, what was the point where you thought, you know what, I'm going to take this journey of self-discovery. Where is it going to lead me? You know, I mean, what was going through your head at that time? Well, the the question is always poised. When was the last time your way worked? Hmm. And I understood that I would try to do things my way. And the question was, was I willing to let go of my ego and let go of my need to feel like I had to be right and become vulnerable within that. Mm-hmm. And in that, I found humility. And I found that that was the source of power. It wasn't something that made you weak. It made you strong because now you can bend with the wind. You don't have to fight it. You can go with it. You can sustain. And, and when you're dealing with people, Adam, and you know this, I mean, you're in the game changer world. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, when you're interacting with people, um, we all are very unique in our own way but we're all very similar in what we need and what we want in life, like significance and know that our life matters, our life counts. How we get there is based upon culture and the paradigm, how we think and how we grew up and what our beliefs are. But we all pretty much want the same things all around the world. People just want their life to be okay. They want it to be better, make sure they're making a contribution. Their families are safe. They can earn a great living and they can find their passion and be able to do something really cool with their life. Everybody wants it. And they want to avoid the same uh, tragedies and, and, and the uh, challenges uh, that people have as well. So uh, we are, we're a lot alike. And within that, the collaboration says that a rising tide floats all boats. When I realized that I can, I got such joy out of helping other people, 
but I can train speakers, but also I can train speakers to be more successful than I was. I can train network marketers. They can make millions. I make millions of dollars every year, but I've got people to out earn myself. And I realized that if I can do that, I was looking for the space that I could occupy that I didn't see a lot of. It's one thing to, to do something well. It's another thing to get behind somebody else and help them do it well and even better than you than you are. And I think those are my some of my best friends, the ones that uh, I'm able to serve and, and share and because I learn so much when I do it. Sure. And you mentioned, you know, around that, the fact that you owned multiple businesses when you were before you got involved in, in, in the network marketing industry. But what was it like to, to let go of all of those businesses? I mean, did you want to hold on to those? Was it like what well, this is kind of, you know, because you own those businesses and, and, and the power of letting go. I mean, it's huge. But when you're thinking, because that's tangible, right? You're going to work every day. You have a routine right? You have staff to pay and you have responsibilities. I mean, yeah. what was the, uh, what was the struggles there like? Well, I tell you this, it, it happens. We make decisions to gain pleasure or to avoid pain, but all of our lives, we have to let go from the mothers, but we have to let go of the womb. We have to let go of the, of the teeth of the bottle. We have to let go of kindergarten. All of our lives, we have to let go to advance It's part of the human existence. Right. But when we get older, we cling to these things because we wrap our identity around them. Mm -hmm. And everything you let go of has claw marks in it. They have to buy it on your hands. I was at the point that I was so tired and I was so tired of, um, of winning, but not maintaining and sustaining and not figuring it out. Right. I knew that there had to be a better way. And I remember uh, that same gentleman coming to me one day out of me said, James, you've been very successful. But have you ever been a multi, multi-millionaire? I said, no, I haven't. He mm -hmm. said, James, you... You, uh, you know what you know. Now it's time to know what I know. You want to be smarter, you want to be rich. And it wasn't just the money. The money will follow the, the uh, and you as an athlete, you understand this. It will follow uh, adhering to a, a life of creating excellence, mm. the best you possibly can. And when you fail, you get up and you just try again and learn how to be perfect in your, in your imperfection. And in that, if you can find happiness, because I think the biggest thing for me is I've been happy every day for the last 20, 25 years, and people don't believe it, but people who know me know, they told me I had cancer. I said, okay, well, let's go work harder, make some more money, because we allowed to What better way to party, time to party, when they're telling you you might die. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's so funny. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the word excellence, right? I yeah. think that word has already come up already once this week with somebody else that I was talking to, actually. And it seems to be, you know, especially when you hang around successful people, right? Yeah. The word excellence seems to be a common pattern or a common word that crops up all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it means different things to different people, but, but overall, it, you know, it kind of means the same thing, right? So, which is really interesting. But yeah. what if you, in terms, I know a lot of our listeners are, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs mainly. What have you found over the say the past 20 or 30 years, maybe even longer, actually, what have you found in terms of the, the links between good communication and entrepreneurship? Well, first of all, communication is your currency. How you communicate will dictate if, uh, if you ask someone to marry you, it, sometimes it can dictate if they say yes to you. <laughs> great, communication, great communication can get you in the door. It helps you to find the job you want. It gives you access. But in great communication, and as I train speakers, and there's a lot of people who do it, but I haven't met anyone who does it the way I do, is teaching people the psychology of it. 
So you understand that your voice is like a soundtrack to a movie. And the, and the soundtrack to a movie is what makes the scene. And because it's a vibration, my book is about frequency and energy. So like energy is everything from excellence is about raising the vibration of expectation. And that's why it's important to spend time with a lot of quality people and learn. Now, all the great people, Adam, and I know you could agree with this, people are great that people come and see and pay a lot of money. They, they, they worship these people. They're the best students because they're always learning. They understand you're never done. You learn from everyone, even when you're teaching, once taught, twice learned. So in communication, Warren Buffett said, if you want to double your income, learn how to become a better communicator, whether it be in your marketing, whether it be with your employees, what is your message and how are you conveying, conveying your message and how is it attached to your culture that creates the energy and frequency that brings the people that are meant to be with you to you? Communication is everything in every aspect of your business and life. Fantastic. I, I want to come, there was a couple of things that cropped up in, in what you were saying there, and I'll, I'll come back to that. What have you found, and, and, and you'll know this pretty well, and especially with working with so many, I suppose, aspiring speakers and people that want to get themselves on the stage, have you found any big differences between someone who is a bad communicator and someone that is a good communicator? I believe when you communicate, there's always going to be somebody who hears you. Right. But if you understand the personality types and understand how the brain works, you start mm-hmm. learning certain things and, and learn to do it from a standpoint of serving people because you get a greater understanding of yourself and we won't beat ourselves up. So we can operate and, and from a standpoint of being fully self-expressed, to be totally transparent, to be honest, to be there, to make the connection with people in that room, whether it's one person or it's 10,000, whether it's your child or you're in a business boardroom or you're in a church or a classroom, how are you making a person feel? Because you listen with your ears, you feel in your spirit, you feel in that heart, you feel in your gut. So being able to understand anchors, tiebacks, uh, strategic pauses, uh, embedded commands, things of that nature. How are you planting a seed? So when you communicate and how are you speaking into their personality type, which is extremely important because a lot of times we can have conflict with someone and we don't know why, and it could be a value issue, but most of the time, it's your personality conflict. You have to speak into the listening of that other person. And when you learn how to do that, then you're on your way. And there's a lot of, uh, is there a particular uh, system you use for identifying people's personalities? Because I mean, there is a, a magnet, there's a whole abundance of that. You've got DISC, yeah. you've got Myers-Briggs, you've got all the different ones out there. Is there a particular one that you use? I use uh, personality plus the dolphin, the shark, the urchin, and the whale. Okay. okay. I never heard of that one, actually. Is that like a U.S. <laughs> American one or what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I've been thinking this since 1994, so I'll take, we'll take that, whatever. <laughs> but they're all the same, but see, we, we, we see things in pictures. And when I say a shark, a shark's money motivated. Uh, they're very aggressive. And they see what they want and they go after it. They can become somewhat abrasive and somewhat just come off like they're uncaring because they just go and they eat. Okay, that's your sharks. We know people like that. They wear the power clothes, the expensive watches. I mean, they're just in it to, to get it all. The dolphins like to have fun. You know, dolphins, <laughs> they like to have fun. When you see someone with blue in their hair or green in their hair, that's your dolphin. If they have big earrings or big jewelry around their wrist, that's the dolphin. They love to have fun. They are the life of the party, but they're not organized. They don't make up, they make up their bed three times a week. They, why keep making it up? They're going to get right back in it. Uh, they, they come to things late, but when they get there, they show up. 
And they also are spontaneous. They're shiny objects. They see things and they go. Vacation's fun. That's it. Your urchins are very conservative. Uh, they need information. They need facts. They hate when things start late. Uh, they don't tolerate uh, dysfunction and things have to be in order. They, they're always going to be neat and orderly. They come off a little anal, but they're very conservative. They're with a lot of your engineers, they'll be locked into a lot of urchins. And then your whales are nurturers. Now, urchins, they make decisions based upon information. So they're a little slower than a dolphin and shark. The whales are nurturers and they make it on love and emotion. Are you making a difference? Are you helping and serving? So they also move a little slow, mm -hmm. but they, 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 they uh, dress in earth tones. They like to blend in. They don't like to be flashy. Now, the dolphin, the dolphin likes to have fun. The urchins is, is a stick in the mud, but they get along great. They can be married. They can be business partners because the dolphin will give the urchin a lot to do. They'll validate the urchin because I'm right and you're wrong. Look at your table. Look at your room. <laughs> the dolphin have fun with that. So they can be best friends. The same thing with a, a whale and a shark. My grandfather was a shark. And my grandmother was, oh, he didn't mean it. He loves you. So they can work it. Now, we all have all personalities, but we're anchored in certain ones. And when you're anchored, if you take a, a profile and you see your really close scores in three, that means you'll be able to communicate more effectively in the three types of personalities. Mm -hmm. But the key is not just to find out what yours is, to be able to become what you are not. Because if you're not speaking to me in my language, I give. Can I give you a real quick example? Absolutely. If I want to introduce, uh, let's say I make up Peggy, ladies and gentlemen, I have the, the honor to introduce this young lady who has documented herself in the business. She knows a hundred percent of the information that she's going to share with you. She owns this space as far as knowing the facts. Now that is for the urchin. So the urchin hears that, and the subconscious level they perk up because ninety-five percent of our existence, the way we live, is in our subconscious. Period. Right. Okay. So then you say, well, she's positioned herself to make a tremendous amount of money. As a matter of fact, Peggy, in the next year and a half, she'll write a check and a bank will bounce. Okay. The sharks want to hear, okay, there's money. Okay. And then the dolphin says she loves to have a lot of fun and a dolphin in her mind, the trigger. Oh, fun, fun. I'm going to about to have fun. And you soften your voice. You say, but more importantly, she's willing to help anyone who wants to learn and share. And the whale say, oh, I love her. So you start off speaking into the personalities, but you have to teach the speaker how to stay within and, and paint. Oh, they just paint and speak into their listening. Never let what you want to say get in the way of what they want and need to hear. That's a good point. And I, and I love the, the, the analogy. When, when, when you were saying about the animals, when I was thinking dolphin, I thought flipper, and I thought whale, yeah, I thought Moby yeah. Dick, right? Straight away. <laughs> It's because I, I, for me, I'm also, uh, well, I don't know about you, but I'm more of a visual person. I like to kind of relate to things and memories are a big thing of that, right? So uh, it, I think you've really hit the nail on the head. What's I was going to say, in terms of communication breakdown, because, you know, mm -hmm. and you mentioned about personality, uh, I suppose, personality, you know, testing and, and, and things like that. But how? Often or not, there is always going to be a communication, whether it be a communication breakdown with your team, whether it be a communication breakdown with your client, customer, whatever it might be. But how does that, how does that number one, affect the relationship between you and the other person, number one? But number two, how does it affect the culture in a company as well? Yeah. Oh, I got a good one for that. <laughs> uh, most of the time it's because we're not listening. Yeah. And we're not listening to the listening. And people want to be heard. They, you know, if... I had a friend who had a major company, 
And he, and he was asked once, uh, where's your operating manual for your company? He said, we don't have one. He said, why, why don't you have one? He said, what do I need one for? So he calls his employees in and he says, Adam, he says, look, I want you to write on the left-hand side of the paper everything you hated about any business, any business or job you ever had. If you hated anything about a job that you've ever had, write it down. Now, on the other side, I want you to write all the things you really loved about it. Mm. What made got you going? And when they wrote it down, they they compiled it on each side on a big, big board. And they said, okay, this is operating manual. The things that you hate it, we never do. The things that you love, we always do. Mm-hmm. So you create that culture. Tony Shea, who just passed away on Zappos, uh, you know, his whole culture was about happiness. Make people happy. Now Zappos, they sell shoes. And uh, you can return the shoes and they donate a lot of money to charity, but their whole culture was making people happy. So they get a phone call. And the guy says, uh, he called him by mistake, says, I want to order a barbecue grill. He says, I'm sorry, we don't sell barbecue grills. Uh, he says, well, 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 I called you to get a grill. He said, no, no, you call a shoe store. But I tell you what, hold on. Let me see what I can do for you. He said, wait a minute, you're a shoe store. How are you going to give me a barbecue grill? Well, hold on. We like to make people happy. Let me see. Just hold on. Just let me see what I can do. So he goes on a computer. She looks up barbecue grills and some contacts that they had, asked around. And she uh, got him a great deal. We can get a grill, went back and um, I said, look, I got this for your barbecue grills. One of our clients, matter of fact, they'll get willing to give you a discount. I got a coupon. I'm including that in the email. I hope you really enjoy your grill and have a wonderful day. I mean, come on. <laughs> See? What separates you from everybody else? That's the key. Yeah. Create the culture. Yeah, absolutely. Interestingly enough, you mentioned about Tony Shea and his uh, book as well. I actually de- dedicated uh, one of our Power Up Thursday episodes uh, last week because for me, Tony was Tony's book was actually one of the very first books that I actually read about seven or eight years ago when I was making a transition into uh, into a new industry. But it really kind of sets the tone in terms of culture and the. And what I love is the, uh, is the, the culture of wow. I love that. That's kind of crazy to me. I love that. Uh, yes, just a, yes. such a great self-discovery and stuff for me. Um, <laughs> are there any, you know, one of the things that I don't know about you, but, you know, working in, um, I suppose the personal development world and, and helping business owners and entrepreneurs alike, you know, we, we work in the same industry. One of the things that's come really apparent to me, and it's probably come apparent to you is the fact that, a lot of people right now, especially in the digital space, right? Because that's where we're at right now. We're in the digital um, arena, uh, arena um, is the fact that they're not able to create a message that resonates with their key target market or who, whatever it is, right? What have you found, you know, being, I suppose, an expert in your field, have you found any patterns communication patterns that people could then adopt to imp- make improvements to that? Yes. First of all, you have to learn how to, right now, if you look at the companies that are really doing it, mm. those are the companies who have uh, created communities mm. within their company. Right. Uh, they're listening to the customer. Uh, they said a customer is always right. Well, that, you can debate that. <laughs> a lot of people don't think the customer knows what they want. But they know what they want. They would know the end result of what they want. They just may not know how to get there. So when you include that, like we launched our streaming TV network where customers can be king, man. You can propose to someone on our network 
and get on there and they go on television, open up Roku or JD3 TV and propose. You know, most people operate on old software, Adam. Uh, and you know that a lot of people suffer from a poverty of imagination and a weakness of attention. And imagination means you have to keep growing and keep, keep stretching. I had an interview with somebody the other day. Uh, I don't know if you know Forbes Riley. I do know Forbes very well. Okay. And uh, her daughter, McKenna. Of course. And I've been knowing McKenna since she was a little girl when she wanted to start a little nonprofit boat thing, and we supported that. And she says something that when I've been over the weekend that every company needs a kid. Right now, we got the millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, the baby boomers. All these generations are here. We all speak a different language. Absolutely. And we're not going to understand. So we have to be open enough, bold enough, and secure enough to be vulnerable enough to just listen to how, and they'll teach us how to speak. We have children out there now who are doing TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. They go and get on video and they get a million, two million views and people that start following them on video. Mm. Um, how do you become an influencer? That means they're communicating a message that people want to hear. So they get a million views because the old man is dancing in church. They get a million views. So does that mean that doesn't that tell you a million people had some interest in watching him dance in church? Yeah. So you don't discount anything. You have to open up that imagination and you have to be able to be like a five-year-old and question everything, including your own motive, your own motive operandi, your own method of how you operate. If you want to grow up, you have to keep expanding because you look at right now, we're sending people to outer space and want to colonize space. This is stuff we used to see in television and it's becoming real. A lot of people aren't taking it serious because they're locked up in their own lives. But imagination is more powerful than reality because everything in life that we enjoy today once was not created. It was a thought, the thing, the mental, the physical, the inner. And it was the outer. And that's the equalizer because we all have that. That means everybody, you were born, everything you were born with right now is what you're going to need. Maybe some training, some nurturing, but what you're going to need to make the impact and find your place in this world that you can make the world better or provide a value by solving a problem or filling a need. Yeah, absolutely agree. 100%. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I wanted to ask you, actually, um, I know that uh, there's a lot of uh, people listening in and they're all on different journeys, whether they want to attract capital, whether they want to attract new clients or, or whatever it is that they want to do, they want to expand their teams. In terms of, you know, I suppose in the world of communication and things like that, if we wanted to expand our teams, and one of the things that I found, and this has been, a, I suppose, a common problem for many years is, is attracting talent you know, attracting talent, you know, growing your team and things like that. Any tips there with regards to the communication side of stuff about how to attract people? Because um, I've had this for the last few weeks and I'm like, try this, try this, try this, right? But maybe I'd love to hear what your spin is. Okay. Well, first of all, what's your story? Do you have clarity in your story and your message? What is your gold medal talent? What is your gold medal product? And is everyone who's already there, are they saying the same things? Mm. What is the story? Now you have the story down, Pat, and, and I've got a tech. I can, I'd rather go from a referral or I'll go where all the techs hang out. I'll ask my tech, my tech people, where are the techie people hanging out? Where are they, where are they spending time? And I go there and just observe. And I'd spend maybe one day every out of every two weeks going places where I already know that person is at, where are they spending their time, where the best people going where they at who what are they plugged into as far as organizations even even if it's online 
I want to get to know them and I'll get there and I'll ask, I remember asking someone, who's the best person in this room when it comes to writing code? And they said, it's that guy over there. So I went over to him and introduced myself and said, hey, look, they told me you were the best in this room. And um, I'm looking for someone to run our tech department. He said, well, I already got a great job. I said, hey, I know, I'm sure. Not necessarily that, but you may know someone who's really good as well. But I still would like to talk with you. Now, when you have that interview process, there's a whole other dynamic that goes into that because I believe that I'll pay a person more than what they probably think they're worth because it's based upon what their value is to me. But if I have a great employee, that great employee knows other people like them. Because every time you spend time with someone, there are things you have in common with them or you admire and feel good about that person or you're not there in any relationship. Right. So, so therefore, if you got good people, your good people have access to other people. Yeah. And that's the way I would begin. But you go find where the best are spending and listen to them. Find out what they want. What's their language? What are they talking about? Spend some time uh, on, on your talent hunt. Every two weeks, just get out of the office. Spend some time looking for new. Uh, every team tries to increase their talent. They can win a Super Bowl. They're still looking at ways to make this team work even better. Absolutely. Every choir wants the next person that can blend in with another harmony. Every relation. Now, you don't do that if you're married. You don't keep looking around. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, as you become better, you'll watch everything else become better because you decide of the meaning of things that come in your life. So in your culture, understand the story. What do you want? What, is you, what are you about? What do you stand for? What are your core values? Mm. And you operate within those values and show up that way. And the laws of attraction means that not to... Some people say laws of attraction that if you a certain way that things that show up, they're already there. You'll see them when you rise the frequency up. And you're just like, we, you know the whole the old, uh, thing where we ask people to close your eyes and tell, tell me everything that's blue in the room. And you tell me two or three t- things. And I say, well, open up your eyes. Now look at everything that's blue and there's 12. Now close, close your eyes. You'll give me 10 of them. These things are already in the room. You can't see them because the way your brain works, the reticular part of your brain, you can't see them. So everything that was needed when we had horse and buggies to go to the moon was already here. Nothing fell from the sky to now you can create this. So everything you need to create the next big thing or to help the, the thing that exists now go better, faster, uh, to, to bring value, it's already here. You can't see it because you have to elevate your line of sight. That's a, it's a, it's some great points there. You've written a book called The the Five Frequencies of High Performance. Tell us a little bit about that because high performance and communication, How I, I suppose, how do they blend together? Yeah. Well, first of all, everything in the world communicates. Everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when the tsunami came, all the animals, they did an exit stage left. They started booking because they can, because everything in life communicates. Right. Everything that there's energy in everything that lives. It's energy in grass. You can walk around in grass and with your bare feet is called earthing. And in the summertime, you can draw energy from the sun. So when people tell me, James, I don't have any energy. No, you have energy. You have to know how to release it. So first of all, you understand that premise that frequency is everything. It's always moving. We all have it. It's electrical charge. That's why you can think of someone and they'll call you or somebody can be staring at you in a crowded mall and you'll feel them. It's so real. So now... What are you attracting in your life is what you are focusing on. You know, Job said in the Bible, the things I have dwelled upon, I have feared have come upon me. You wished upon it and you brought it into your life. You, you worry about bills and you manifest the bills because you're nurturing these things in your life. So when you're dealing with frequency, 
you understand that you raise the level of your frequency, you raise the quality of your life. And it's just a decision. It doesn't matter what happens. Every day is just a day. It's just a day. Some of them rain, it's cloudy, but it's just a day. So all of them are great. Some are just better. If you shift the way you look at things and the things you look at will shift at the same time. So when you raise your frequency in your spirit, you're going to operate from a standpoint of going with the world, going with the flow, going with the flow of the wind. Now you could set a sail and direct it. You could shift the user to your, to your, you know, to your advantage or to use it to keep you on. It doesn't have to blow you off course, but you work in harmony with the things that just are. And with that, you'll, you'll be like water. You'll find a way to expand or to move through or to crawl through, but also the water can crash and the water also can flow. It can bring life and also can bring destruction. So if you know how to be just relax in a frequency of quiet intensity and like water, then when things go wrong, you don't go wrong with them. Mm-hmm. That's the key. And it starts with the foundation of understanding love. That's a frequency. Mm-hmm. I love everybody. And it doesn't, now I can love you across the street. That means I have to, you have to be with me, but I have to de- determine no matter what you do, how I'm going to show up. Because if you allow, if, if I show up based upon your behavior, then I'm out of directed. Mm-hmm. Now you have moments, but you know how to get back to be centered and you can regroup and operate from the right spirit. And if you get that frequency down pat and understand it, you'll be able not to be perfect, but you can recover faster and you can be consistent. And that's what's going to be extremely important to building a business, a family, and even a life. You, As an athlete, you know, if you got to be out there consistently. That's Absolutely. what makes you great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also repetition, you know, repetition is, is so important, you know, without repetition, you're never going to make improvements. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes like breathing. It becomes like, uh, it's, it's like, uh, I call it the state of click that you trust your instincts until your instincts trust you. You, you do it so often, so much, so hard, your body will betray you. I don't know. You ever heard the story with a uh, Holyfield, uh, when his workout routine, I haven't, no. Okay, yeah, but he knows he's a world champion boxer. He's known mainly for Mike Tyson biting off his ear, right? <laughs> Everybody remembers that. You know? Oh, absolutely. We, we have a running joke. It's hard for him to put his mask on because it doesn't get <laughs> He's like, thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the champ I said that. <laughs> but, but even to this day, he lays on the table and he bends, he puts his hand behind his bed. He bends down and lifts his body up and holds his body up just his lower torso on the table. So you understand as an athlete, the amount of strength you have to have in your core to do that, right? Absolutely. He still does 300 a day. And uh, a buddy of mine that knew him well, said he was counting one day and he said he was counting with him. And he said, how many is that? He said, it's, it's 300. He said, I think it's 299. He said, I think it's 300. He said, it might be 299. He said, hold on a minute. And he did one more. And he said, the difference between being a champion and being another person in the ring is that you don't compromise is always 300. It's never 299 because if 299 is enough, tomorrow 298 is enough, 295 is enough. Right. So whatever you're going to do until you build it up and you do it when you don't feel like doing it until you, until you love doing it and it becomes a part of you and then your body will let you know, your body will be upset with you when you don't do it. So it's a bit like doing uh it's a bit like doing uh press ups or burpees or some exercise that you really hate doing and and most people hate doing it because they're crap at it right yeah. but if you do it over and over a time and you're consistent then you get better at it and then you're like hey this is becoming this is kind of fun it's becoming part of my habits and then you yeah. sticks into your subconscious mind it becomes autopilot yeah repetition is the mother of all learning and the father of skill 
Absolutely. We're coming towards the end of our show because I, I know that you're an extremely busy man and, and, and I'm really grateful for us having fun. I wanted to ask you, I suppose, a final question really is if we want to become better communicators, do you have five quick tips for our listeners about how they can go about doing that? Yeah. Number one, first of all, a lot of people operate from a standpoint of fear. Mm-hmm. That fear is, is you're worrying about yourself. How are you going to look? How are you going to come off? <sighs> are you going to be judged? When you're communicating with people, it's not really about you. It's got to be about them. Make it more conversational because you're worried about yourself. Take you out of the equation. If you're on a stage or a platform or a boardroom or in a pulpit, remember, you're not the star. You are the director. Right. The audience right. is the star. Mm-hmm. And the, direct, the job of the director is to get an Oscar for the audience. If you're in a church, you want them to have a better life. If you're in school, you want them to get better grades, a better life, a better experience, and, and how they operate in their life, better citizen. If you're on a stage, you want outcomes for the people who sit before you. So when you change the script that way, you'll find you'll be more effective because you don't have to start thinking about what you say. You already know your stuff. Number the second thing. Number three is that I always teach people what I call the F45, your first 45 seconds before you open up your mouth. Even now when we want to propose, we think about it for 45 days, nerves, right? <laughs> but, you know, what do you play it out in your mind? Visualize it. Stephen Covey said you begin with the end in mind. You begin with the end in mind. The next thing in communication, if you want to speak, practice your craft, practice it. You know, know it like the back of your hand and listen to the listening. That means when you're speaking, you're also in tune with the audience and practice with your frequency, with your energy, being so transparent that every person that's around you that you're speaking to hears you and feels you. And then last but not least, if you want to do it and you're serious about it, get training, get training. You know, I, I still learn. I've trained some of the best speakers on the planet. And I still learn and I still grow. There's a lot of ways to do it. But what we're really good at is teaching you the psychologies of how to take what you already have, because what you have is good enough. It's just that how are you using your words? How are you sharing those words? Are you speaking like the soundtrack of a movie, which Mm -hmm. creates the emotion of everything that you do and learn how to anchor the different points you want to make? Just understand the psychology of it. Last but not least, learn to tell your story. You know, whether it's a business individual, the best storytellers are the ones who get it done. Because facts tell, but stories sell. People love stories. And everybody has a story, which means everybody matters. And everybody's story counts. And and you have a story inside of each and every one of you who are looking and listening. That there's people out there that can only hear yours. My story is not for them. It's your story. So I would encourage you to get out there and share your story in every medium you possibly can. Very cool. That's They're great tips. And and, and I love that. Guys, listen, I hope that... Some of the things that James is teaching you in today's show, I really hope that it really is kind of, uh, there's like some bombshell, there's that, that pennies drop for you because our goal really is, is to help you to grow your businesses, is to help you to think differently for, for the new year ahead. And, you know, that's what our goal is, is to really give more than anything else. And this is the reason why I bring people like James on because he is a giver. You know, I am a giver and you'll see that in some of the things that we put out there, out there in the big, wide, virtual, digital space, I suppose. What are you working on right now, by the way? We're launching JD3 TV and entertainment. We're launching our own streaming television network. Cool. More than ever, we need platforms to be able to take your message that a lot of people have these different ideas and things they're doing. They don't know how to get it out there. So we're going to help you get it out there. We're going to help you fine tune it. We're going to help you. Uh, to be able to be a part of something that's going to be so grand. But we want the viewers all around the world to have an ownership stake 
which means that they can play and we can get them on television. Like people out there in Cyprus or UK or wherever you are. Right. That we, we want to, people, I want to connect the dots. Like when I was in Bangladesh, teaching people to go from freelancers to entrepreneurs, I wanted to take children from Bangladesh and children from the United States of America and create pen pals, pen pals on a virtual level. So they can get a greater appreciation of having hope for what is possible in their life if they're willing to work hard, what is possible. Because all we know is what we live because that's what we learn. What we learn, we practice and what we practice, that's what we become. Absolutely. Very cool. Listen, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. We, I, I mean, I've, I've had a ball of a time. I'm, I've been writing a ton of notes like I always do anyway. So I just want to say thank you so much, sir. All right. I look forward to you being on our show and our platforms in the very near future. So Absolutely. Uh, well, that's an invitation yeah. that I can't refuse. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's got to be great. But listen, guys, hope you've enjoyed today. Listen, if you want to connect with James, right? please do so on his social media links below. Please make sure that you do that. And when you do connect with him, or if you do connect with him, please do mention the, the podcast so he knows that here yeah, you come from the podcast and you've listened to his interview and that kind of stuff. So listen, guys, hope you've enjoyed today's show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hope you have too. Have a good one. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.